Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Everybody's day going well? Yeah, good. Having a good time? I missed dinner. I missed dinner. Yeah. What was it? Huh? Pulled pork. Worth it? Ah, I shouldn't have missed it, bro. Cornbread? What was the sides? Huh? Chips? What'd you say? Dirt pudding. Describe dirt pudding. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Got it. I'm happy to be with you again this evening um, to take this time with you. I'm going to give you everything I got tonight um, and throughout this week. That's always my promise to students is that I'm going to give you 150% if that's possible, but I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you everything. That's my promise to you. And in return, my, your promise to me could be that you would just give me everything that you have in being open, in being open in what God has to say for this time. So let me, do, let me do one thing. Let me just pray, and then um, we'll get into this portion of uh, freedom bound and what God has to say here. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I just praise you when I thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I don't see this as an accident or a happenstance or a coincidence that we're all here in the same room together. But as a part of your divine plan, Lord, you thought it so and made it so that we would be all here together this evening and that we would enjoy this week. And Lord, we praise you and we thank you for the privilege and opportunity in bringing us together. Let us not miss what you have for us today. And Lord, I pray that you would use me for your glory and for your good purpose tonight, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So last night we talked about freedom declared. Freedom declared. We took an opportunity to look at Genesis chapter 2 when God made everything and then he also made man from the dust of the earth. So he, he took dust and he formed man and he blew into the man's nostrils, giving him life, the pneuma of God. Have you ever heard of a pneumatic drill? Have you ever heard of the word pneumonia? You know, pneumonia. Pneumonia affects the lungs. A pneumatic drill needs air, compressed air to be powered. If you are a NASCAR fan, any rednecks in here who like NASCAR or racing or any of that? All right, cool. So they, they pull up into the pit stop, these race car drivers, and there's a pit crew. And you see this pit crew come up alongside these NASCARs. And they have these drills. And these drills sound really cool. They go and they unscrew the bolts that connect the tires to the car so that they can change the tires so that the car can go out with fresh tires. Now, that drill that they use to change those tires is called a pneumatic drill. And it, this word pneuma is where we get that word for air or breath, uh, power. In the uh, Bible, the word pneuma uh, is the word that, that God uses for his Holy Spirit. Pneuma, the Spirit of God, the breath of God that was being poured into the man, making him a living being. That's crazy, y'all. 
That's crazy. That the pneuma of God filled this, this human being so that this dust could be formed and be brought to life. That is the creation of man in God's image. Now, then out of that man, God pulled a rib and fashioned a woman to be with him, with him, and also breathed into her, giving her life. That's amazing. Do you know that the breath that you have is the breath that God has given you? The only reason why you are breathing and you have breath today is because God has allowed that to happen. And more than that, did you know that God so desires that you would have more than the breath in your lungs, more than the air and oxygen moving through your cardiovascular system, giving you life, more than that, God wants to place his pneuma, that is his Holy Spirit in you so that you could be in a relationship with him empowered by the very spirit of the living God. That is crazy. But that's what God wants for you. That you would be a being that knows more than how to just breathe according to his good purpose for your life. But that you would be filled with his Holy Spirit, the spirit of the living God at work in you, that you would know his good purpose for your life and move according to his will for you. That is some righteous power, y'all. And I love seeing the young people who just get that. Like who get that? There's like, God wants me, wants more for me than for me to just breathe and exist. He wants more for me than to just breathe and exist. No, he wants to be in a relationship with me. He wants to put his spirit in me. He wants me to be in a relationship with him that I might not only experience his great love, but I might also express his great love through the power of his pneuma that is at work within me. That's an amazing gift. And I don't think that it's any coincidence. I don't think it was just by happenstance that, that when God put flesh on in the form of Jesus, that he picked teenagers, teenagers, young people like you, to flip this whole world upside down for his kingdom purpose. And the kingdom purpose essentially was bring heaven on earth. Reestablish my kingdom right here through you, through you young people. And it was through those teenagers that were so filled with the pneuma of God that we right now, 2,000 years after Jesus walked the earth, are talking about this. Through teenagers, young people like you. Man, I got a great hope for our future because I know that when young people get it, when they're turned on to something and they're filled with the spirit of the living God, there is nothing stopping you. There is nothing stopping. I love this idea of freedom. And I say all of that because it's so important to understand who is the creator and definer and declarer of freedom. It's God, the one who was from the beginning and will be forever. It's God. And in the word, in Genesis chapter 1, it says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. Nothing existed before him. He created the heavens and the earth out of nothing. He is not bound by time or space or matter because he created time, space, and matter. This is God. He's omnipresent. That means everywhere at once. He's omniscient. That means he's all-knowing. 
He's omnipowerful. That, mean, that means that he's all-powerful. He, he has power over everything. I love that in the book of Job, it says, who set the oceans in their place? And who set the boundaries determining where its proud waves stop? Have you ever seen a tidal wave? You've seen a tidal wave maybe on YouTube or you've seen some crazy uh, tragedy that has it happened because of a tidal wave, because the ocean, something quaked and it moved the ocean so much so that the wall of water just came and took out an entire island. That's a powerful force and it's terrifying. But yet the word says that God determines where those waves stop. I was on the beach just this past week, as I told you yesterday, and I was sitting there on the beach and it made me think of that text. Who determined where the proud waves stop as wave after wave started lapping onto the shore. And as I looked at the vastness and the power of the current and the violence of the waves, I thought to myself, God, you have determined where these proud waves stop. At any moment, that powerful force could overtake me. I could be gasping for my breath, fighting for my life, and I would have no chance. But God determined where those proud waves stopped. If you think about just that one little piece of, of order that God put into place according to his plan, we can think a bit bigger, maybe a, a little bit more macro. That means generally and widespread. Where at the beginning of God's creation, when he set the planets into motion in our solar system with a word and created the sun and the moon and the stars and the planet, and he set those in its place, he did so according to his plan and system of order so that those planets although they are free they know where they're meant to go isn't it crazy that we are on a gigantic rock spinning around empty space moving around a star and for some reason we thought it appropriate just to get together in some barn <laughs> on a property at RVR, we are spinning on a rock around the sun. That's crazy. Your feet are firmly planted on the ground. You've got a place to sit. Gravity works perfectly for you and me. This is a system that God set in place with a word. He created the universe. He created all that is in it, the heavens and the earth, set it in its place and said, that is where you go. That is how you shine. That is how you move. This is how you circulate, revolve around the sun. This is our solar system. We get a little bit more smaller, uh, a bit more micro. Bring it down. If we were at the top of the funnel in the heavenlies and the cosmos, well, let's bring it down to earth. There's an ecosystem. There's an ecosystem a way that, that, that water works, where, it, where water um, uh, uh, hydrates the earth and the plants and moves and evaporates and comes back around and the proper amount of sun is necessary for things to grow and people to survive and food to grow and animals to thrive. That is a system 
And when I look at the animals in, in the prairies out like where the buffalo would roam out there in the Midwest and where like cattle would graze, I'd be like, wow, they're so free, but they're free according to the system. The system. Rain, snow, seasons. I was looking outside yesterday and I said, wow, what if there were no leaves in summer? Like, what if the trees were as bare in summer as they are in fall? Like, where would things get their shade? How would we cool off? I was thinking about just different systems and how, like, God set everything in its place according to his order and his design, and it's free, but it's also ordered. That's amazing to me. That's incredible. It's the same thing if we even get a little more molecular, if we come from this big, wide, vast heavenlies and cosmos and planets and solar systems down into ecosystems where things can live and survive and eat and live and breathe, we go smaller in that kind of setting or that sort of illustration, but let's get even deeper. Like you have a cardiovascular system. <laughs> There's a solar system. There's an ecosystem. You have a cardiovascular system. That means the way that you breathe and blood just freely pulses through your veins and the way that you grow and the way that your bones grow and your muscles grow and the way that you get, that is according to a system. A system. But when you're sleeping, do you have to think about breathing? When you're sitting there, do you have to think about, oh no, I gotta get this oxygen into my blood so that I don't like pass out or die and my heart has to pump. You've got nothing to do with that. God created that according to his design, the perfect system, the perfect system. And why do I say all that? Because it is according to God's plan that his creation flourishes according to his system. The system that he sets in place. God created you to flourish according to his system. He wants you to flourish according to his design. He wants you to flourish and enjoy his creation. He wants you to enjoy what he's given you, how he's created you. He wants you to enjoy. So he placed you in this present moment according to his goodwill and his design. And he says, I want you to be free in a relationship with me. But know this, if you work outside the system, there might be a little chaos. Could you think what might happen if the waves didn't know where to stop? Could you think about what it might be like if the planets didn't know how to circulate the sun? Man, we'd be running into each other. Would you think of what might happen if in your body, a part of your system begins to act devoid and outside of the natural circulatory system that is working in your body? It's crazy. It's chaos, it's sickness, it's illness, it's things going haywire. When the Lord took the man and put him in the garden, as according to Genesis 2.15, he says he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And this is when work felt free, like at this moment, when man is with God, 
and they're in this relationship and things are working according to the system, man, work felt good. It's like, hey, I got this thing to take care of and it ain't no thing because everything right here in its place, like it's pretty much perfect. I just have to kind of manage it. And I get to do so with my creator that created me according to his system. Like he gave me the game plan. I know how this goes. This ain't tough. This is fun. I'm good with this. Every day is an adventure. I get to see something new. And every time I step out into this garden and I begin to work, this garden and the creation that God put me in that's working according to his system shows me something spectacular about who he is. And I would love that. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat it, you will certainly die. Here's the thing. God put in a boundary. He put in a boundary. He said, I'm going to be with you. This relationship will be whole. This is an adventure. You're going to experience the fullness of my love. You're in here according to my system, but my system has boundaries just like your system, the solar system, ecosystems, your cardiovascular system has boundaries. Outside of those boundaries is chaos. Within the parameters of those boundaries, flourishing happens. God put in a boundary. Remember about all the yeses he gave yesterday. God was like, yes, yes, yes. Be fruitful and multiply. Yes, yes, yes. Eat from any tree in the garden. Matter of fact, you're free. And in this moment, when he places the man in the garden, he says, yes, 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 except for that. That's the no. Here's the thing that we need to know when it comes to God's creation and the beginning is that we actually don't know the yes unless we have a no. We don't actually get the fullness of the yes unless there's a no. Because when, when I talk to my kids and I say, you can have anything you want, anything you want in this kitchen. You want anything, you have all these, just don't touch the Pringles. Just don't touch the Pringles. They're free. You can have anything you want, but the, but the order is, the boundary is, don't touch the Pringles. Because those are mine at 2 a.m., sour cream and onion, those are for me. Don't touch my prank. No, no, don't touch the Pringles. And they have a choice. They get to walk in the fullness of my yes. But the moment that they pop the top to the Pringles, because once you pop, you just can't stop and start eating those Pringles, like throwing a log down a wood chipper. Pringle shavings going out the side of their mouth. Once they do that, then I got a vacuum, sorry, ADHD, squirrel. That was a moment. I digress. But don't touch that. And they do. And then in that moment, there is a breach of trust. There is a breach. The relationship changes a little bit. Because now I got to go from dad who said you could have everything to dad who's like, why'd you touch my Pringles? I told you you can't. You, the relationship changes. It's probably like the lightest, most endearing illustration I could give for what actually happened here. Because in this moment, God knew that outside of his plan and within that no, there were implications for humanity that they just couldn't handle. 
and, and at the peak of those implications is you're going to now be separated from me because you chose another God. It's out of order. It's not how he planned it. When they decided to go behind God's back, if that was even possible, and make that decision, that's when chaos ensued and work became hard. (laughs) I was at the beach with my kids. There was this moment, and this happens often, and it happened when I was a kid, But when you look at the ocean and the waves and there's a current that can take you, and I hate when this happens too because it's always a battle, but you're out in the ocean and you know where your spot is, where you set up camp, your umbrella and your chairs and cooler and all that stuff. And then 15 minutes after being in that ocean, you're like a mile down the beach, right? The current has made you drift all the way down the ocean and now you're looking up and you can't find where your camp is because you're in a completely different place. When my family went to the beach, I said, hey, look, this is my viewpoint. This is where you can experience the fullness of the beach. Here it is, two o'clock and 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock and two o'clock. That's my viewpoint. I need you to stay within the boundaries of my view because while my eye is on you and you are in my eyesight, you're good because if anything happens to you, I can be there in a moment because I see you. Don't get caught up drifting all the way down the beach. You got to stay here because as long as you're drifting all the way down the beach, getting farther and farther from me, I can no longer have my eye on you so that if something happens or tragedy strikes, there is nothing that I can do. So be in the view of my love. Be in the view of my care. Be in the boundaries of my wanting you to flourish and have fun. Be in that space. Be free between 10 and 2. God is setting these boundaries. You're free to have everything. Just not that. Because the moment you drift down in that direction, you're back is going to be turned on me and you won't be able to experience the fullness of my love here. See, I'm not bound by time and space, but you are. I'm not bound by time and space and matter, but you are because I've placed you here. Now, if you want to experience the fullness of my love, God speaking to man, then you will stay within these boundaries. And I promise you, these boundaries will be pleasant for you and you will be functioning in the fullness of the freedom that you have with me. I'm your creator. I'm your heavenly father. I love you. Now stay in 10 and 2 and be free. I love what it says in uh, Psalm 16, verses 5 through 8. This is David. He was a, like, he's like the most famous king that ever existed in the Bible. King David. You ever heard of David and Goliath? Look, I know a lot of you have, but there's some people in this room that's like, who's David and Goliath? Yeah, that came from the Bible. That means little man versus big giant. Little man takes big giant out. That was King David. And King David, when he was anointed, he wrote these words. And he was 
he was described as a man after God's own heart because no matter how big his following became, no matter how many armies he defeated, no matter how big his kingdom, came, his, his kingdom uh, grew, it, he always knew his place in his relationship with God. Now, he stumbled and fall, fell sometimes, but as described in the Bible, he is a man after God's own heart, a righteous man. He knew where he belonged. He knew, give me kingdoms, give me armies to defeat, give me all this notoriety, give me fame, but I know where I belong because I'm serving my heavenly father, and that's where true freedom is. And David wrote this, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. David was a man who knew that within the boundaries that the Lord set for him, that that's where freedom was. And David had the power to go outside of those boundaries. David had the power to be his own God, to follow his own will, to, to, to feed every desire that he ever had. To be like He had access to anything and everything all at once. And this is showing us that he chose God because he said, God, you alone are my cup. It's you. There's a whole lot flashing in front of my eyes. There's a whole lot of noise out there. There's a whole lot of people trying to puff me up and fill me with pride. There's a whole lot of people saying, hey, why don't you just go about it your own way? But I know, God, that you alone are my cup. This is where freedom is. It's freedom with you. You created me for you, God. And it's only because of you that I'm in the place that I'm in. So I might as well stick with you. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I was thinking about boundary lines. I was thinking about football. This is my favorite sport, and I'm a Ravens fan. Yeah, I am. Yeah. We'll see how Odell does. I don't know. I'm not so sure. But I was thinking about this past Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs, they play the Rams, I believe. Wait, that's the Eagles? Anyway, it's all a blur. I think it was the Rams the year before. Yeah. Anyway, so at the AFC Championship, in order to get to the, football, uh, to the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs played the Cincinnati Bengals. Y'all remember this game? The heartbreaker for the Bengals. Ha-ha. <laughs> In the final moments of the game, Patrick Mahomes ran the ball and attempted to get out of bounds. And when he got out of bounds, he was hit by a defender named Joseph Asai. And the refs threw the flag. And it was a late hit. And it cost the Cincinnati Bengals 15 yards, which brought the Kansas City Chiefs close to the field goal range. And they kicked a field goal, and they won the AFC championship. And it was all because this brother wanted to hit somebody out of bounds. He wanted to play the sport his way out of bounds. And the reason why 
there's boundaries and rules to this game is because if everybody just plays the game their own way, what you have is chaos. You don't have a game anymore. I've been on a lot of youth group trips. Some of the games that we like to play is football. And I hate when we play the game where there is no end zone and there is no out, out of bounds. Because people just run as far as they want. And it's just absolute chaos. The end zone is super deep. You can just chuck the ball as long as you want. If you're the fastest player, you can go as far as you want outside. The game becomes yours. And it's chaos. And so there's rules and regulations and boundaries so that the freedom of the game can be played and the players can flourish and the fans can enjoy within the boundaries that have been set by the league. But when this brother went out of bounds, he wanted to play the game his way outside the boundary line. That's life, isn't it? Man, we want to press the boundary lines. We want to see sometimes how far we can go. And you know what? It's life too. We know when we're out of bounds. We know when we're out of sorts. We know that when we're making decisions, it's like, this might be chaos, but I'm going to do it anyway. It happens. It's our sin nature. We work and live and function outside of the pleasant lines that the Lord has placed for us. And it's not because he doesn't want you to enjoy life or to be free. It's because he wants you to enjoy life and be free with him. That's where he meets you. He meets you within the boundaries, within the confines of what he has set for you. Lord, you have allowed the boundary lines to fall for me in pleasant places and you alone are my cup. I praise you, Lord, who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me, but I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. There's no chaos. I know who my God is. And this for me is freedom. That's freedom defined. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for this time. Lord, you defined freedom for us and it is within your order, your system. That's where you are. That's where you want us to meet you. So, Lord, I pray that right now, right now, press it on our hearts right now, right now. Where have we been functioning or making decisions where it's like we're stepping outside those boundary lines and we know it? And Lord, you're telling us, that's not where I am. You know where I am. And it's within the lines that I've laid as in places that you would be free with me forever. Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would begin to move us in a way that says, God, you alone are my portion. You alone are my cup. You alone. You alone. In Jesus' name. 
We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.